It's time for the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. Oh, hello, hello. Uh, Jack, how you doing? Jack? I'm good. Hey, are we rolling? Yes. Sweet. There you go. Those are your ears. Hey, can uh, throw your ears on, Harrison, and uh, check your mic, see if you can hear yourself. Hello, hello. You feel good about yourself? Of course. All right. What's your name, man? Harrison Phillips. Okay, so tell me about yourself. I'm born and raised in Florida, Jacksonville, Northeast. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? Why are you here? Uh, for business. Got a new job up here that sounded very opportunistic, so I moved up. Okay, so what is it? I work as a consultant and investment banker in the legal cannabis business. Ah, hey. Yes. So, uh, you know, what's the, uh, I was just smoking some um, Purple Haze. You saw that. And uh, that was in the, it was kind of like a cigarette. It's a cigarette box. And mm-hmm. they sell five, uh, you know, Purple Haze, uh, purely ganja cigarettes. Uh Someone sent me some, and it was amazing. There's all everyone's doing different branding. Uh, oh yeah. And um, so, you know, what's the wave of the future, man? What else is coming out? Um, so it's a very interesting industry. You know, because it was the black market, there's really only one way to get it because the suppliers had such a control over it. You know, nobody's going to invent, innovate, and create new products. So they came out now with, and then it's legal. You know, we're getting real competition. Um, so we've got pre rolls coming up, but the real the real wave of the future that it's been showing up is infused products. You know, you've got everything from your typical brownies, you've got colas, coffees, teas. They're coming out with uh, cannabis infused alcohols. They're um, a little slower because the regulations are kind of wondering whether we should combine the two substances. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you can put any you can put cannabis in almost anything. I had a yeah I know they they're doing everything out in California man mm-hmm. it's like and uh, everyone knows that I like pot and they bring me things and the highest I ever got um, was uh, because you know I when they, when you fly back you can't take it with you you know so I have to give to my friends and and so I gave a bunch out to my friends uh, that I couldn't take with me and then I was like oh I'm gonna keep this like strawberry soda pop with THC mm-hmm. I drank that thing and and. I'd never been so high in my life. It, it was, I was just like, Beep! like uh, constantly mm-hmm. hearing ding dong, ding dong, la 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 la, all the way through mm-hmm. uh, for several hours on the plane, just just sitting there glazed and smiley. Yeah, that's uh, that was a big issue in Colorado too when they first went recreational. Um, trouble was, they didn't really have a limit on what you could put into a chocolate bar. So when wow. people would eat it, um, the producers made every square of a chocolate bar. You know, your typical Hershey's bar is all those little blocks. They made yeah. every block is a dose. It was 10 milligrams. So what they didn't realize when people ate it is, I typically eat a whole chocolate bar. You know, I'll break it into little pieces right, to yeah, slow no, it down, but know. I'm eating the whole chocolate bar. People don't know. There's actually a famous reporter uh, story. A reporter went out there and ate a chocolate bar and documented <laughs> to the national media her story of eating about... 10 or 15 wow. doses at one time. Wow. Pretty bad publicity for the industry, but yeah, yeah. people don't, it's it's such a new market. And if you look at alcohol, for example, you people know how much to consume because people have just learned that. And you look at alcohol, you, nobody drinks a whole bottle of vodka. Not not really. What she did was, yeah. right, consume just way too much. Right, true. Yeah. Which it's a new industry, and that's something that luckily yeah. the industry's uh, kind of come out proactively to address that before, you know, the government would come in heavy handedly and kind of restrict it. Right. You think it's a good thing to have the, all these restrictions coming in and uh, to capitalize and. I think uh, restrictions monetize. are good in the beginning. You know, mm. you want it to roll out safely, especially because it's been such an elite. There's a huge illegal market out there already. Um, you know, when stuff like the internet was rolled out, they there was no regulations up front because it was it wasn't something that was inherently viewed as as bad. So you I mean you've got the cartels. But when people uh, think about cannabis, they typically think of some negatives and a lot of negatives. Yeah. But and you look at the politicians, and they're gonna you yeah, know, protect is, themselves. And they're they're it's very risky for a politician. I mean, it's almost political suicide. To yeah. Come what does the say, current what does the current administration uh, mean for your biz? So uh, a lot of people have expressed a little concern for <laughs> Trump and uh, particularly Sessions. Um, Ouch. The one thing that Trump has someone has that, to have a session with Sessions. Yes, um, there was actually an activist group that went and smoked a bunch of joints in his office to try and. Uh, no way. Yeah, it they, was. 
they had a both. session in this both. office. That's yes. amazing. Um, but you know, Trump's dealing with <laughs> such big things at the moment. He's trying to tackle healthcare, immigration. Cannabis really isn't a priority for one. You know, Sessions, he's come out in, in favor of medical marijuana. He hasn't really addressed recreational, um, and but Sessions is more the, more the issue. Um, he said, you know, good people don't smoke marijuana. It's <laughs> a quote. Um, but he's when he when you saw his uh, wow. commencement speech in front of Congress, he right. basically said because it's more profitable to keep it illegal. Um, he that honestly just goes back to his constituents. I mean, they, he's a representative uh, yeah. electorate of our government, so he represents. You know, I'm always of the too. mind of you know follow the money, and it's a huge business. Why don't they go down that road? It must be because it's not making enough money for them. Well, um, it's just gotten to the point where I mean, popular popular support is really what drove it. I mean, you saw the hippie movement in the '60s. Um, Though they're now they are having children, you know, there's another generation and they've taught them that it's not inherently as terrible as our grandparents or great grandparents right. thought it was who grew up like as adults With seeing prohibition. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the read for madness. Right. So it's just really the the shift of almost mentality in the that realizing that it's not this terrible thing. Yeah. You know, there's there's obviously negative points to address, but it's it's not this. And en- I mean, it's crazy lives. when you look at. Um, it's like the majority of Hollywood is is openly smoking, and it seems like it's it, we're just on the brink of having it legal everywhere. I think it's going to be legal here, despite you know what's going on in the White House uh, soon. Um, what do you hear about that? I, they're I, making some headway, and maybe, and maybe it's now it's totally screeched to a halt. So in in, uh, in New York, um, there is legal medical cannabis, but it's yeah. for really um, terminally ill patients is, right. are the targets, which is usually on the East Coast. That's the first stepping stone because that's the easiest to justify. You right, know, these right. people are in pain, and this really does help. Um, the recreational jump, you know, is, it's a little harder, but Colorado took the plunge, and we've seen some uh, good things come out of that. See, if I was um, – I'm not a fan of the – I don't know who is, uh, but whatever, of uh, what's going on politically right now and, and uh so i've already thrown my hat in the ring uh for president and the, <laughs> the platform and i hope to really inspire actually qualified people to actually you know run against him uh come 2020 if we even make it that far um <laughs> you know i don't know where it's very freaky but the um the platform that i would run on um and i th- and tell me what you think of this it would be uh a lot of it would be THC based, where it would just be, um, you know, full on, uh, you know, legalization and um, taxing that, monetizing that, and uh, and but also reverse engineering for medicine, for cancer research, for you know, hemp, you know, just basically for you know, just like the like our forefathers used to do with mm-hmm. it, you know, just get back to to the. The classics, and uh, and then on top of that, just a nice layer like we're making a sandwich jelly, and this is the jelly layer here, mm-hmm. just the peace and the love and the compassion, and then on the top of that, okay, we have Tesla Vortex free energy technology to just complete the Dagwood sandwich of deliciousness. Uh, I think pe- people would be pretty happy about that. Yeah, nice, man. I can speak on one of those subjects. Would you help me? Uh, yeah. You would come on board? Yeah. To to um, help defeat the Death Star? We're helping on the uh, on the first point right now. So the the ind- that's pretty much the end goal of the industry. So it's a well regulated recreational market with tax dollars going to things like education. I mean, Colorado's putting over four hundred thousand dollars from the tax dollars they earned last year to sponsorships and schol- or scholarships. So it's really going back to you know, with legalization, there's um, there's increased crime in some places. You know, hospital visits tend to increase if people take too many edibles. So some of the money to address that goes back to patient education, you know, consumer awareness, just, hey, you guys probably shouldn't, you know, eat the whole chocolate bar. But, the uh, yeah, the industry is really moving forward. Canada is about to take the leap, or the rumors are that they're going to take the leap. You know, Justin Trudeau came in, and his administration has a platform of full national legalization. Nice. So that would be really uh, – I think the United States government will wait for that to happen. It's a little safer. You know, we have about 10 times as many people as Canada. And Canada's um, Canada would make a great use case. Or if it goes well in Canada, yeah. we could set it up here. You know, we could watch what they what could potentially happen there. 
So um, you're op- optimistic about the future of Bond. Yeah. Nice, man. There's no, there aren't that many arguments against it. That can't be addressed with either, you know, education or something like that. Sweet. So you're going to help me out. Oh, That's yeah. good. What kind of message would you give to people listening who are probably big potheads and you know, what what can they do um to uh to help speak I would say out? um don't don't overhype it. You know, there's there's a lot there's enough great about the plant and the business and just the social movement that you don't need to say, you know, cannabis cures all cancer or just things like just there's a lot of like kind of misinformation going on. We don't need that. And right. it's only giving the opposition some some ammo. But there's just so much great about it. Just talk about what's great about it and address the fact that there are negatives. And then I would, the other, on the other side, I would say just don't be don't be dumb. You know, the, the movement's gotten a lot of momentum, um, and people may be kind of emblazoned or emboldened by that. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's decriminalized in New York. Now it's okay to do it in public. It's like, guys, you know, that's it's still a crime. It's federally illegal. You know, we're, we're basically given a grace period here and kind of some leeway to, to show that we can do it right. Um, so I would just make those kind of two recommendations. Quick, what's your favorite stoner movie? Uh, <laughs> Grandma's Boy. Nice one, man. I've never seen it, but a lot of people hold that with high regard. Big Gamer, too, so it kind of hits home. Big Gamer. Yeah. Is that what happens in that movie? He's a video game tester, yeah, that designs <laughs> his own game. <laughs> That's amazing. And the uh, villain's, like, actually a human robot, so he walks around like a robot making robot noises. <laughs> so yeah, it's, right. it's ridiculous. Now I got to watch it. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. No problem I at all. I appreciate it. I, uh, sorry, I'm such a stoner. I We I, like we we rescheduled this a couple times, and then you were here. I was like, oh, right. Uh, <laughs> come on in. Uh, so, well, sorry for interrupting the uh, Kubrick that's coming on next. Dude. You are surfing the green highways, and there's nothing but good karma there. Oh, yeah. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Dan. All right. <laughs> uh, where are, the, are the guys back? No? Oh, shit. All right. Thanks, pal. No uh, did you try that knob on the... <coughs> where? I tried all the knobs and kind of like fucking with them, twisting them like a titty. Oh, hit. man, maybe I'm just baked. I think it's working. Are you recording? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Oh, jeez. You know what they say, but we should probably call Jamie. <coughs> oh, man, just had myself some Papa Hazel in my brain. Lady Jean, don't sing the same. <coughs> Jimmy knew what the fuck he was doing when he chose this as his brand of choice. You know what I'm saying? Jack? I know what you're saying. Let's call Jamie. I'm losing my mind already. <coughs> <coughs> I gotta <coughs> get this puffy coat off because it's inhabiting my, restricting my movements. You know how I like to do karate while I'm doing this. Here we are. Under the sea. I always make the same stupid joke. In the Noctopus's garden. I always mix Little Mermaid with uh, the Beatles for some reason. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with me? I don't know why. It's Skype, Dan. Let's get with the program. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat today. I was running around like a lunatic. Hello. Hello. Please leave a message. Wait, please what? Please. In several different accents, if you please. Thank you very Seriously? much. Seriously? Or send me a text. Bye. Really? At the tone, <laughs> please record a message. That's a great outgoing voicemail. When you finished recording, you may All right, we're going to have to leave a, a crazy options. message, Jack. Jamie, where are you? You are supposed to be... Oh, shit. I called the wrong number, Jamie. I'm calling your cell phone. You gave me the number and I still called your cell phone like a dick. Like a dick. Okay, so, um, Jack, here's the real number. You ready? (laughs) Jack. I'm ready. We're going to try that number now. And hopefully we'll be able to talk to her. Gonna try that number now. 
Man, people must think I'm a lunatic. Can they hear me out there, Jack? No, I've got the speaker. Oh, thank God. Yeah, keep it soundproofed in here, pal. I don't want to make embarrass myself like a schmuck. Oh, up, up. Under the sea. <laughs> Under the sea. Down where it's wetter. It's so much better. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I found you. Even though you gave me the number to call, I still called your cell phone. You, you had, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have. I was, a... I was watching Samantha B and uh, oh, learning yeah. some uh, great tips on how to piss off Donald Trump. Oh, good. According to this, uh, the Scots. So. What are they? You know. What should we do? What are they? Uh, apparently, you just keep. <laughs> Uh, pissing him off, and then he'll end up in a padded cell. Okay, you think that, yeah, you think that his uh, tender uh, psyche won't be able to to keep up with all the the, um, the it's, critiques. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting because it's it's the whole. It's a really funny story about funny, but not so funny about how you know they. Uh, railed against him when he went to Scotland and he bought all of this land right. uh, for, you know, his huge, amazing golf course, yada, yada, yada. Right. And, um, and the farmer next to him refused to sell the land, and it's, you know, right next to the ocean. And then he went on national television to say that this man was a pig, Oy. he's living in a slum, you know, just completely degraded him, and, you know... The the girl who's really hilarious uh, said, you know, did that hurt you? And he said, no, it actually, you know, uh, I thought it was really funny. And then what what happened was is then um, a marine biologist heard about the story and then bought a tiny piece of land from the farmer because under that jurisdiction, then he would have uh. to go get permission to, because of, he's a marine biologist and it's next to the ocean, he would have to go all the way to him, and he lives in uh, Antarctica. Wow. And so then Trump gave up and got really pissed, and then they were putting in, wanting to put in uh, windmills in the ocean, and they he went Whoa. to parliament or something like that and said that they were ugly they were this they were that they were dangerous that they didn't work and they said where's your evidence he said i'm the evidence and then everyone broke up in laughter <laughs> um and then look at my toupee uh, i'm the evidence the oh wind my God, it's, uh, it's too funny and then um and then uh she said then ginger jesus came along and because everybody was protesting, and he got, there was this guy that got a, a yellow balloon and stood behind him uh, when he was in Scotland, and they were yeah. protesting, and he just rubbed the balloon really hard on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I encourage every American, if you have wow. the opportunity to get anything static, uh, like uh, yeah. uh, um, static, uh, static anything, electricity uh, charged. Yeah, it's that charge uh, <laughs> that you you take your chance. Oh, I and love that! I love that. It's so it's so good, Samantha B. It's, it's interesting because I was uh, reading, you know, the update from Hollywood. I think it was Hollywood Reporter uh, about what how people handled the press conference yesterday, the mm. all the late nights. Yeah. But you know, they didn't talk about. They didn't show any segments from Samantha B. And um, so Lydia Hurst sent me this link that her mom sent over because and it, which was ironic because i was like well where's samantha b segment because she's fucking amazing right right and uh i gotta watch her and more. it was really quite brilliant so everybody should check it out i've been watching rachel maddow i've just been watching anybody who i mean everybody at this point everybody i mean yeah. i mean okay so this is my thing like so let's say you're a person who voted for trump you can't even go to Fox News now with, without someone going, Trump's a lunatic. He's an asshole. He, we can't deal with him. He's because now Trump has alienated the entire press uh, core. And I mean, it's it's and that and and I really uh, appreciate I really appreciate that he said that and that he was so clear because bottom line, if Republican, Democrat, anything in between, it's the con. You know, it's it's our constitutional right. 
And, you know, you cannot go and say, you can't battle it out and, and create this kind of atmosphere in which we have our mouths duct tapes and, the, and the, that the press has no freedom. And he crossed the line. But what was interesting is I was also watching this thing. Uh, I don't know if you saw Anderson Cooper. Uh, who's that guy that always defends Trump? He worked for Reagan and the Reagan administration. Oh, uh, something uh, Lord. Um, um, Lord Vader? And Lord Vader. Yeah, exactly. Um, he he was basically saying, uh, so this guy was saying that, uh, you know, this is what Donald Trump is going to do. He's created a new reality show. Right. He knows that Sean Spicer couldn't handle it, so he's going to go out, and every week he's going to spar right. with He's like the 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 star is Donald Trump. The producer is Donald Trump, right. and you know the executive producer is Donald Trump. And what he's doing is he's creating this thing where you know people love salacious things, and he's going to go out and he's going to spar with the press, and people he's going to continue to do this, and you know the people that love him are going to love it, and the people that hate him are going to hate it, and. And it's just so terrifying to think about the fact that, holy shit, he's absolutely right. And that is what he's doing. And that's when Anderson said, is there anything that you will not uh, defend in regards, you know, is there anything that like, you, you know, like you defend everything? Like, why is there anything that you would actually say that is wrong about this? Because this is wrong. Um, and he said, well, I just said that he, he you know, made a mistake about uh, the yada, 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 which he really didn't. But that, that really hit me. That really struck me because it's true. He's going to continue to do this, and he's going to make it his new apprentice. Uh, <laughs> he's going to make it his, the American public and our future and our children and our children's children are like, he's going to make it, you know, his personal new way of you know getting ratings <laughs> it's 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 so bizarre it, it's like we're living in an alternate universe well me- meanwhile i mean he's he's putting on this show for the press and he knows that as long as he plays the fool on one hand he could you know he can play the supervillain on another hand and it's really not him the other hand you know the other hand is inching him toward world war three Yes. Which is the you know the scariest thing. I mean, we're 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 so close to. I mean, look at where we are right now. You're Jamie King. I'm supposed to be talking to you about you know Sin City and um, your TV show, and we don't even we, I don't even introduce you when we're instantly talking about politics and how fucking freaked out we are, man. And well, because that's the truth of who we are, right? I mean, any, but that's any a, every, artist, it's everybody, anybody that cares, exactly. Like it doesn't matter if you if you uh, drive a school bus or if you are an accountant or if you uh, take out the trash. It doesn't matter. We're all artists in what we do. It's all an artistry to me yeah. if, if we choose to to look at it that way. And you know yeah. that that being said, you know I've been involved in this for you know quite a long time. I was you know a, a very you know, very, very involved with Hillary and, you know, campaigned for her and spoke yeah. with her. And and that was a big decision for me because I'd never done something like that. I always wanted people to vote, but I never wanted to tell them who to vote for. My family came over on the Mayflower. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a true red-blooded American. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, grew up in a, you know, Republican family. Uh, and it's the first year that my family voted wow. for uh, the other side. a Democrat. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, I mean that that says something. Now, now, what were their reasons? Well, I mean, my sister, my oldest sister, uh, you know, just was able to get married for the first time last year to her girlfriend. Well, there you go. And I remember, you know, God, it must have been a few years ago where she said, "Sissy, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get married in this state." Hmm. You know, in in, in Nebraska. And she had been with her for 11 years, 11 years, you know, and she came out at a time, you know, in Nebraska where, you know, people, there were no resources. There was nothing. The only resource was the fact that my, my parents were 
you know, love their children so much that they accept them in any way, shape, or form that they come. And, you know, it, it's, it was really scary, you know, uh, that time. And the idea of having someone that's going to come in and uh, take away the things that we relied on, such as Planned Parenthood, which was the, Jeez. which is what, you know, we relied on growing up, you know, for all of our checkups, for, you know, all of our birth yep. control, for our, our, for many, many things, you know, that's, that was what we had. The people you that, know, we didn't have, you know, yeah. a OBGYN to go to, you know, that, that, that is the truth about America and most people is that that is the number one place that you go to to be taken care of. And it's, you know, ironic to me that I think it's like, you know, the statistics for what they do in regards to abortions, you know, are so radically low compared to how they do breast cancer screenings and, you know, ovarian cancer screenings and, you know, everything else. I can go on and on and on about that. The, um, people, the people that support him, they, they look at what he's doing as rebellion against yeah, I was the, just going to see that rebellion. Exactly. Right. They, they, he's an outsider. He's the first non-politician president, and yeah, he's going to tear it apart from the inside out like a bowl of a china chop or whatever the fuck they are thinking that he's going to do. And and they're not. I don't understand how they didn't see the guy as for like what he is. He's a he's a salesman. You know, he they, he sold. That's the, that you just said it. He's right there. playing he's every. He's playing every and side. And people do not see a salesman for. You know, people get duped. Yeah, and um, so they think, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. He's going to change the whole government. It's like, well, okay, you see what's happening. He's, say, he's, he's saying, okay, yeah, we're going to build a wall. No, you're not. Okay, yeah, we're going to do a band. No, you're not. Um, so what are they doing? What is this guy going to do? What is his, what is his mark going to be? And, and the fact is, is that... He's a puppet. He's a Fabergé puppet. He's just there to put on this show for us, to wag the dog while and, and distract us. Uh, because God damn it, it's, it is. It's entertaining. I'm I'm watching news cable channels I've never watched before, and um, right? you know, and it's it's riveting uh, because everyone's wondering, okay, is today the day where the war starts? Because yes, that that's that's it. And I think <laughs> I, I think that it's it's. We are becoming more and more, quote unquote, woke, <laughs> as uh, you know. Some are. I mean, a, a, a lot are. More and more. Um, yes. And a lot of people. But the, the 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 scary thing is, is that we're 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 Americans, man. Like we are a con a very very young country, a young country. You know, we don't know anything compared to a lot of other people, but what we do know is freedom, and what we do know is liberty, and what we have is something that is so radically important and so rare, you know, and, that, and, and that's what's so upsetting is that there were people, I get it, there are people in this country that were deeply unheard or felt unheard. They uh, lost their jobs. They, uh, you know, uh, lost their homes. They, um, you know, can't put food on the table for their kids. They, they, they see no way out. Uh, they've been at a place for, you know, 30, 40 years, and then all of a sudden they get laid off. I, 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 I understand why people are pissed. But the irony is, is it's men like him that do things like that. And that are trying to strip away the rules on Wall Street and strip away the rules with everyone so that people are not actually protected. So it's all a lie. You know, this man has never known what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. He will never know what it's like to have to you know, struggle to, to do you get your kids diapers or do you, you know, uh, give them, you know, a splurge on uh, meat for the night. You know, because that's, you know, th and that's saying it lightly. Yeah, and, and and you can be sure that he's going to profit off of whatever is to come, and uh, along with the rest of his cronies, and everyone else is going to suffer. Now, if we're, I if, mean, really, it's a ruse for the whole. I believe it's a ruse, like you said. He's a puppet, and you know, it's it's the Republican Party and the you know the neo Nazis. I'm not going to say alt right. I won't give them the benefit that way and, and put some fancy term on it because now I have, you know, last night I had to go through my Twitter feed and delete, 
you know, God knows how many, or block how many accounts with that fucking frog on it. Um, what frog? You know, it's... What frog? If if something, the, the frog, so there's a frog, uh, you know, emoji that they use that, that is the symbol for the quote-unquote alt-right, basically, you know, oh. the supremacist. Yikes. And, um... Why the so frog? So when you see this, I, I have no idea. We should actually look that up. What is the origin of the frog? Um, and, and what a, a bad emoji, too, because, like, there's nothing. I mean, I love frogs, but what I don't. I love I don't frogs, too. I mean, the, the adaptability, the um, hmm, interesting, the frog, the amphibian. Frog emoji. The, it changes. Uh, it's going to be something crazy, like they, they like eating flies. <laughs> okay, how Pepe the Frog became a Nazi Trump supporter and alt-right symbol. Fuck. Yikes. So now you're going to start to see this because it's everywhere. They've commandeered. The green frog was behind the U.S. side of the metal fence at the country's southernmost border, smirking and holding a Donald Trump campaign button to his chin. <laughs> Caricature of the Mexican people, the man dressed in a sombrero and poncho, the woman with braided hair and an infant in her arms locked out looked out at him through a barricade and cried. Then the frog was someplace else entirely, this time covered in a Nazi insignia. Insignia. I can't speak today. I can't read. I have my glasses. Above his smirk, the phrase skinhead and a swastika over his left eyelid. 14, the numeric shorthand for we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. And over his right eyelid, 88, which stands for Heil Hitler. Oh, God. I can't even say these words because it makes me want to vomit. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, so this is Pepe, a cartoon amphibian introduced to the world, Sun Swastika, and Trump Associations in 2005 on MySpace. The artist met Fury's comic strip Boys Club. Why Why steer us toward World War Three? Why? I... I mean, other than there's the... A Russian, you know, there's Russians just chilling on the East Coast. <laughs> Just chilling on the East Coast right now, like it like just hanging it. out in the ocean. And, you know, what he does is distract, 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 distract. And that's what they do, right? So in, in, with all of the stuff that came out about Russia, which we knew, right? We knew. Uh, but all the stuff comes out about Russia. What does he do? The next day he holds this. God, the show right, yeah. uh, where he gets to where the worst, where the fact that he's being completely racist and uh, anti-Semitic and telling people to sit down, sit down and shut up, shut up, basically, isn't even like the worst thing. Yeah. That's that's the crazy part. So what he's doing is he's he just the minute that something comes up that is extra. I mean, can you imagine if it was Hillary or anybody else? Anybody else, they would be in jail. Period. Yeah, something's wrong because you know he he's like he's done more. He he's like his his first month was the equivalent to Nixon's first four years. Like, yes, it's a, it's is a reality show. Is but he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna give it to him fast and furious. You know, it's like every single. Day every week, there's a new talking point, uh, and it feels like when you, when you're surfing or when you're in the ocean, you get caught in the undertow, and then right when you come up for a breath, you get slammed by a, a wave again, and then you c- come up and you get slammed again, and it's like you can't breathe. You're ri- it's like it's that's what it feels like. It's as if the psychology behind it is to beat us down, yeah, uh, so that we cannot. So that we break, and you know there was yeah. someone once. Yes, yeah, so, so said, that it's yeah. Go ahead. Someone said once, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like this: You take one lie, hmm. you make it big, you make it simple, yeah. and you keep repeating it. Yeah, I think that's Hitler. It was, exactly. I think Hitler used it, and Trump has has exactly. been said to Yeah, that's it. why that's why I said there was a person and then I was gonna say Hitler, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um and that's that's what's happening. Yeah. And the fact that they had been just you know speaking to the Russians and knew about it, uh they say that Mike Pence didn't know. I, I call bullshit on that. I think that Mike Pence did know. Uh, I think that they're just saying that in case anything happens with Trump, because then Pence could be, become the next 
president, which is actually even more scary because he's much more presidential. Um, and you know, I, I feel like these guys are really playing, uh, a a game and it is uh, the the game, the game is the pawn. Well, yes, yes, exactly right. And the game is war and, and, and it's, it's war games. They're heading toward world war three because Russia and America will profit from, from a war. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the uh, military-industrial complex. It's money, and 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 with all these things, you got to follow the money, right? You got to follow the oil. Yeah. Why, you know the why is the war means that we need more oil, and you know, so it's just this endless fucking cycle of death and and destruction. It's not like <laughs> Russia is. I feel like it's going to be China too. It's it's a it's a it's fabricated. It's theater. This war that they that they you know where soldiers they treat soldiers real people like they're toys, uh, um, and yes. it, you know it, it's that's what the world we're living in. So we're headed to World War Three, not because these 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 people are are our enemies, but it's because it's profitable to the to the conglomerate, and and um, so you know just get ready for the fucking roller coaster because. You're talking about Russia, you know, it's right out off the East Coast. It's, you know, how close to our doorstep is it going to be? And how, and how, um, you know, World War II was, at least for America, it was across the ocean. You know, it wasn't in our doorstep. Um, why, why isn't, why aren't people talking about their ships, that, their ship that's just hanging out, you know, off the coast? I know it seems why like why is that not you know like people are kind of talking about it but that's the reality of what's happening right now. Right. I think it's because they've always been there, you know, just uh, you know, I I'm a, I don't know how you feel about conspiracies but I I'm one to think that most of the wars that were started over the last I don't know let's say let's say 99% of the wars were not righteous. They were they were started just to for this same exact reason to control populations to you yes. know they they were not 100% yeah so um it's scary you know when you think about it all, when you think about the places that are on Trump's list in the middle east that he wants to invade i mean it, it's like uh, or no whatever he says uh, but these only are the places ones that don't have his businesses. Right, exactly. Yeah, so it's it, you, you can tell. And it, it, we're spe- the amount of money that we're spending is so that his sons can be in Dubai for the opening of the Beverly Hills of Dubai Hotel, uh, and then for him to go to his uh, golf course in Florida again this weekend under the guise of a you know Trump rally in which he's actually paying people to go to. You know, and giving out free merch so that they'll come to you. It's uh, amount of money that we're spending per day for Melania, which I get why she does not want to be near this guy. Um, and her kids <laughs> stay in your city. Yeah. But if he's that wealthy, even though I think that he's quite a shit <clears throat> businessman and a fake businessman, uh, then he should be footing the bill for that. And if it were Obama or anybody else, he'd be all over them saying how much time that they wasted. And I think at one point he did. He was always saying, oh, he's going to da-da-da-da and look at all the taxpayers' money that he's spending. And, I mean, it's – I think that they said it, that, you know, it's almost like $800 million if you were to stay in term the full time if he, can, if he consistently continues to take the trip that he's taking – you know, it's a logistical and um, you know a fiscal nightmare. Well, yeah, I mean, we, uh, God, he, we, we knew that about him since the eighties, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and the thing is, is that people that don't know better look at him and like think that he's you know some fantastic businessman. <laughs> Here's a guy who's had a file like and, oh, and is in lawsuits and all. It's like I grew up in New York, not, man. Dude. I grew up in New York, New York. Like my ritual every morning when I was a kid, I would I would go downstairs and I'd you know make some cereal and I'd read the funny papers and and every uh, it was a joke in my household how every single uh, every other day there was just just like uh, how it is today some crazy headline you know on the, in the on the front page about some bank bankruptcy some scandal I mean this guy if <laughs> you would never ever want this person to be your president you would never want no no i and and it's interesting because i moved to new york when i was 14 and i 
remember. To be a model, right? To be a model, right? Yes. And, um, well, really, to get out of Omaha. Um, <laughs> yeah. And... And I love Omaha so much, but, I mean, really because I really wanted to be a filmmaker. Uh, So I sort of put the pieces together, and I'll tell you about that later. But, you know, I ended up, you know, suddenly making a lot of money, and I never had that kind of money. I never even knew that that kind of money existed. When I first moved to New York, it was like, okay, uh, do I get a subway token or do I get a slice of Sicilian? Because if I get a slice of Sicilian, then I'm good because it's so thick that the bread will kind of keep me through the day. (laughs) And then I'll walk the 80 miles to my casting. You know, it was like... But then when I did start to come into making money, I started uh, meeting people and growing up in, in certain circles. And, um, you know, so I I knew Ivanka and I am so radically wow. disgusted and disappointed and and what it is that she is doing. I, I It just baffles me that as a woman, uh, she could stand by her father and be okay with everything that's going on. Um, but then again, you know, her husband's family is so corrupt. It's just really wild to me. But that, that part was disappointing because I thought that she, you know, just on a personal level, that she was different than that. Well, she's stuck in a maze, man. She was born into this insanity. Yes, but we're all stuck in, we can be stuck in certain things until we break our own pattern. We have right. that choice, and you and I both know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like we would be nowhere in our lives if we chose to stick with status quo, if we chose not to go into a room on a day-to-day basis and be rejected, if we chose, you know, even going from, like, the biggest budget movie or whatever to, you know, an indie or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we choose this life because there's something inside of us that says, there, it's a, it's almost like a pain. It's a pain. It's an ache that if we don't do it, right. that we, there's wither. nothing else. Yeah, there's nothing s- else for us to, do. to Yeah, you start to wither. Yeah, uh, you know, and and so, but but that 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 thing inside of you is is a compass, and at some point when when people are saying things, you are smart enough, and she is smart to say, hey. This isn't right. This isn't correct. You know, and yes, she's stuck in the maze. She's part of it. But don't be the face of it. But, you know, we choose what we choose, yeah. and then we're going to deal with the karma. And either way, it always, you know, comes back around. I always wonder what kind of, how they sell their souls, you know. I always wonder, like, what, you know, when they when the president is inaugurated, they bring him in, supposedly they bring them into this room. This is what Daniel, uh, Daniel Wilcock um who was on the internet? David Wilcock, Daniel Schmangel. I'm I'm mixing a bunch of different guys together. I know that's like me when I couldn't even read or pronounce any <laughs> normal vocabulary words that I say on a fairly regular basis. But supposedly there that's was how this, messed uh, up our heads are. Supposedly there was this longtime CIA agent that um, was always was was there, um, you know, privy to a lot of insider stuff because he was always there in the hallway, you know, when conversations were happening and. He just got so disgusted after a while that he had to get out. And, and supposedly what happens is when you're inaugurated, you know, you have all these plans and all these things that you want to do. And then they they take you into this room and they basically tell you, OK, this is what we want to do. And this is what you're going to do. You know, this is what you're going to be in charge of. Now, you may have had all these grand plans about, you know, you know, and you can you can, you know, focus on them. But this is what's really going to happen. So. You see it. Trump has his wall, and he's got his little projects. But he's usually the presidents, you know, try to like string it out over four years. He's basically just, you know, splooged them all out in one month. Yeah, he came out guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, and so now guns he's blazing. So now everything's and getting shot the fact down. That he wants to put, you know, a hundred thousand boots on the ground to to start breaking up families and children oh, and. It's... Uh, destroying the dream that this country was based on is just like I, I just why why does that happen I mean, why does it have to happen it's, it's, it's we, such yeah. a disgrace and to the rest of the world it makes us look like a bunch of pussies and it looks like chaos yeah. and it looks like we're weak and we're broken and and, and because we are yeah. you know in our hearts we are not but he's he's slowly doing that he's slowly doing it. but it's but it's chaos the fact that his pick for you know his national security advisor turned it down and because he said that the, it was a, a quote shit sandwich unquote uh <laughs> you know this highly decorated brilliant man 
who, you know, above all, uh, you know, duty comes first. He's saying no to one of the most prestigious opportunities of his career, but yeah, he, you know, he's a Navy SEAL. He's a, a highly decorated man, but what I so respect about him is that he didn't, he's not going to, he didn't want to sell a soul. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do that because he knew it wasn't for the highest good. <laughs> this is so wonderful because I love you. You know, you and I met on fanboys and, um, and I, and I basically, and that was one of my favorite scenes. I thought that scene was hysterical. And, it, and that scene specifically, you know, that movie is an homage to the 80s and the 90s. And that, that scene to me felt like such a classic, like, 80s kind of scene. Oh, my God, right? Right? I never thought about it that way. It's so true. Yeah. And there were moments like that throughout the movie, which I think made it brilliant. Like, it, it was really an homage to one. It felt like one of those movies, you know? Um, and then, uh, so... I have all these questions for you, but I'm so happy that we went down the political route because fuck. Well, me. you're talking to one of the most entrenched people. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. I had no clue. Yeah, it was. You know, I, I think some of the most transformative years of my life have definitely been the past couple of years, and yeah. being uh, um, an accidental activist, I guess one could say. And you know, I've always you know, written about these things and been very outspoken about my beliefs and, you know, my thoughts. And, uh, but I never expected that, you know, somebody would want me to get up on a stage and, you know, support them and, and, and talk about them. And, you know, from my point of view and, you know, it was extremely transformative, but also deeply heartbreaking because, you know, when you see this person that is like, almost like, you know, feels like a second mother that writes you letters and, ask that your children are and you know um it makes me really emotional um you know giving a speech uh i had to shut it off i could, i couldn't watch it you know because though she was so strong you know i could just feel the pain that was underneath it because it was yeah. so there was a moment we were you know we were doing a women's rally yeah and I said, you know, we were up there on stage, and it was like Sally Field and Deborah Messing and, you know, all of these incredible women, Elizabeth Banks and, you know, all these incredible people. But they had asked me to go first because I was like the hype girl, you know. And they all had, like, these perfectly written speeches, and I never wrote speeches. <laughs> right. I never did that. I just would go and just vibe Talk off the Talk from the heart, right? Yeah. Yeah, and one of my best friends I've known that I met in New York when I was a kid, Samantha Ronson, you know, she would do all the music for her. Um, so I, you know, would go up on stage and look at Samantha, and, you know, it was like this boom, like connection where it was like, you know, really anchored me and, you know, had this, you know, incredible experience. And, you know, it was just after she gave her foreign policy speech and, uh, you know, when everybody was clapping and then, every, you know, after after everybody gave their speeches and we had this rally, you know, and she came up and gave her thing, um, you know, I said, you know, that, that you showed that you were a true commander in chief, you know, what inspired you. And essentially she, it was such a still moment amongst all of this joy and, you know, people standing and screaming and cheering. She looked at me and she grabbed my hands and she said, essentially, that Donald Trump had written her speech for her. And when she looked at me in the eyes she and said, and my God, how I wish that he didn't. Whoa. It was this moment that I'll never forget because it was so intimate and so honest. And that's when I saw and knew that I was doing exactly the right thing with the right person, that this woman cared above all things, not that he was giving her material to use, but the fact that, you know, she was so horrified and, and terrified by what this guy was saying and doing. And this was at the beginning, right? So it was like, right. it, it was so astonishing to her still that she couldn't even wrap her head around it and that's not what she wanted she didn't want that handed to her she didn't want it and I, i'll never ever ever forget that moment where you see beyond the politician where you see beyond the agenda where you see beyond everything and you see the truth of someone and and what really matters to them um it, i'm on sorry <laughs> we're uh hey man 
Tell him I said hi. Hey, he says. Um, we should wrap it up, up anyway, but uh, this should be a, a continuation because, um, you know, this is uh, these are our times right now. I I was just at uh, Valentine's Day. Eve Ensler, who wrote the vagina monologues, and is yes, uh, of course, yeah, of course. Artist uprising is is uh, was her uh, platform for trying to um, stand up against the current administration and uh, I um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the guy's going to get impeached. I don't know if we're going to become a military fucking state before right, you know, right. 20, before 2020. Knows? I have no idea but what I am doing is just I'm you know the artists and the comedians and we're the fools in the in the king's court and we it, it is our obligation to make sure that we are heard, and um, you know we we some you know the the fools are the smartest, and uh, yeah. so I'm I'm running this kind of dummy presidential campaign where I'm running for president 2020, and I'm and I'm and I would love for you to be part of my uh, my team. Uh, are you kidding? I will head that team up so quick. Nice. You, uh, that would be amazing. I, I yes. And as you know, I mean, what what we can all do now is exactly what you're saying. You find, you know, you find a way every day to make sure that we're taking action. You know, I don't care if you sign something every day. I don't care if you're protesting every day. I don't care what it is. That is our duty and our obligation. And on top of that, being the artists, being the fools, as you said, we have to to make people feel less alone, we have to bridge the divide through our authenticity and our truth, through bringing people together for however many minutes that they're seeing what it is that we're doing. Our job is to uplift. Our job is to reflect the times. Our job is to do that wholly and completely and unapologetically. And, you know, it's a really powerful, powerful time right now where we can do both. Um, you, you talk, and it's you talk absolutely pretty... necessary. You talk pretty good off the cuff there, lady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, li- hey, um, I'm going to bring you back on uh, because it's it's a political season and things are getting crazy. And so I want. I would I'm, love to. I'll, I'll do anything I'll, for you. Okay. I, I um, listen. Keep up the good fight, doll, and 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 stay patriotic. It was a pleasure, absolute pleasure, having you on the phone. Likewise, love you, brother. Ow! Thank you. <laughs> uh, tell tell uh, Kyle and uh, you know send love to the kids. All right. I will. Likewise. Okay, darling. I'll I'll talk to okay. you soon. All right. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was amazing, Jack. Jack, are you there? I didn't expect her to get so political. That was intense, dude. These are some crazy times, all right? I'm gonna take a break. No, that's that's that that's that 4D experience, man. That was that was in your face. Me and Jamie King just getting all political up in your ass. <laughs> well, up in your face. Let's just say it was in your face. Okay. I gotta go.